Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, founder of drbarrypierre.com, as well as the CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, education, and affirmation. This week, we bring you an episode with student Dr. April Thompson, who's a fourth-year medical student. She, again, continues uh, this discussion that we have on physician burnout and really more aptly medical student burnout. And she was very poignant during her interview, just talking about some of the trials and tribulations that she had to face as a medical student, some of the expectations as of a medical student that I think, and I, I think she will agree with me as well, is really out of line uh, for what we should be expecting of medical students. And she really asked the question, you know, why don't we include medical students in this discussion of physician burnout, a discussion that is definitely had when we're talking about attendings and people who are, are you know, in, in their career, but feeling signs of being down and depressed. But for some reason, we don't have this discussion when we talk about the medical students. And she really wants to make it a point. And what I love about her interview today is that please think about the medical students. Again, remember that we're all human. And if we're all human, understanding that not only are the, the stressors that the residents and the attendings are going to feel, you best believe the medical students have their own uh, pervasive feelings of concern. So I want you to, again, check out uh, this week's episode with April Thompson, another fourth year medical student, talking about medical student burnout. Let me know what you think. And if you have not had a chance, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and tell one friend to tell a friend uh, about this amazing discussion we're having here on the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. One of the sponsors for the Lunch and Learn Community Podcast is the Lunch and Learn Community Store, where you can find t-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, stickers, and wristbands with the motto, Empower Yourself for Better Health. Remember, 50% of all proceeds will go to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation, where we give out college scholarships to deserving high school seniors across the country. Thus far, we have given out over 20 deserving scholarships to students across the country. So again, 50% of the proceeds will be uh, blessed to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation. And today you can get the coupon code LUNCH20. You can get 20% off your purchase and you support these high school students across the country. Again, the Lunch and Learn Community Store is at shop.drbayerpierre.com and the coupon code is lunch20. All right, Lunch Learn community, just heard another amazing introduction uh, for a, a, a number two, right? So this is actually going to be our second medical student on, on a topic at hand that is extremely important, that is extremely, uh, I guess, becoming very popular now with this discussion of physician burnout. And because of the, the, the matter at hand of how we kind of started the series out, we really wanted to make sure we reached out and not only talk to just physicians, but we wanted to talk to residents, even medical students. Uh, so I'm thankful uh, that we got a chance to talk to April Thompson uh, today, who's a fourth-year medical student, who's going to be kind of gracing us uh, today in, in, in kind of helping us with our discussion. April, thank you. Glad. Thank you for having me. 
So April, I always I did I did the introduction, but I have a lot of people who love to just kind of skip right to this portion here. Um, so if for for someone who kind of skipped through and they say, you know, well, who's this April Thompson? Like, tell tell a little bit about yourself. That may not even be typically in your bio. And I always ask, especially since you're a medical student, you know, uh, let's talk about your motivation for going to medical school and uh, you know your career aspirations, goals, and all that good stuff. Well, I'm a fourth-year medical student from Ross University School of Medicine, which is located in Barbados. My interest in medicine started from my junior year in high school. The reason being was because my aunt was unfortunately diagnosed with Crutzfeld-Jacobs disease. So my family had to care for her around the clock. And as she deteriorated, she became more dependent on us. And we had to learn about the process and what to do And because of that, my interest was piqued and I wanted to learn more about medicine and treat patients on a more intimate level. I love that. And it's it's so interesting, especially for a lot of us who get into the field, that a lot of times our first experience of medicine is a family member uh, who, who really makes us appreciate um, the system at hand and really helps kind of put us in that situation where like, you know what, I can be like that doctor one day. I always, always tell people about Dr. Gaston, uh, who was my pediatrician growing up. And I just, just remember thinking like, oh my God, I, one day I want to be like Dr. Gaston because I just seen uh, the, the hearts he was able to touch uh, with just his interaction of being a physician. So April, we, we we're talking today about physician burnout, which is, again, especially for those who in the emotional community, um, a topic that's getting much fanfare uh, as of recently, where to the point where like they're even like they're even classifying it as ICD-10 codes and all of these things there that are really trying to make it seem as popular as it is. And when we had Dr. Nicole on the podcast, um, she talked about how this phenomenon isn't an old, isn't like a new issue. It's just gotten, you know, it's kind of came out to light um, for, for, for that aspect of, you know, people really being concerned uh, about, you know, the onus of being quote unquote burnt out. And what what I want to talk about today, right, is really like how how are not only physicians, but really how are, you know, are people who are on the front lines, which are our medical students, um, like, w- what's that onus like? What's that like? What's their thought process? So I, I like to start out just kind of talking about, you know, as a medical student, what are some typical stressors, you know, that you face on a day to day, month to month basis, just being a medical student? I believe the few stressors that we usually have are, well, number one is we have to impress everyone. That can go for the CEO of the hospital down to the garbage man. Not just that, as a medical student, sometimes we don't feel as if we know enough material to impress people. So we have that battle that we deal with within ourselves. And then we have to also learn how to balance everything, you know, connect all the pieces together. So what I like to say is that we feel as if we really want to be at the table with everyone. But although we have the knowledge to get close enough, we're still not there yet. And then when you put in the hierarchy of medicine and what goes on in medicine, it just complicates everything altogether. And what's very interesting about that is, was for especially those who you know may infer, like when we talk about the physician, right, who is typically one who 
again, I say this all the time, like, you know, they're, they're in a job where they're supposed to be correct 100% of the time. Um, but a lot of times people, people don't realize to, to get to that point, uh, we face a, almost like a daily struggle of like, oh, I don't know enough. And I think it's, and you said it right on the head, it's really bad in medical schools where we, we, we kind of, I always say, especially in, in the GME side, we kind of train backwards, right? Where like if you're a second year medical student, I start pimping you on stuff that the third year medical student knows. And if you're a third year, I start pimping you stuff on the fourth. Like for some reason, every time you get to a certain level, we expect you to know a, a level higher than you're actually at. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> so question, as, as, as a medical student, and even when you're in the pre-med stage, were some of the stresses that you've been facing um, were they expected? Did you, were you like, like, yeah, I'm probably going to have to deal with this type of stressors or was it, was there anything like, like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't realize medical students had it like that. Honestly, before I started medical school, I thought it would have been a walk in the park as ludicrous as that sounds. I thought it would have, like, I would, I would wake up every day. Um, I'll go to the hospital, help sick patients get them back to their normal baseline, and then go home happy. That's what I thought. I didn't understand that some days when it rains, it will pour. And my thought process with there being sunshine and roses everywhere was obviously wrong. <laughs> you know, that's so true because uh, now, do you have any family members in the, in the health field uh, prior to uh, pursuing it? No, I was the first one. Yep. So yeah, say, I mean, same, same here. So when, when you, and it's funny because most of my family, they all, they all went like the business route and management, right? Like, so like I was literally the only one who was even on the pre-med side, um, didn't have any mentors on that side. Didn't. So I, I think it's so true that when you don't know, um, you know, what you're supposed to know, you're sometimes kind of walking in the dark. I mean, for example, a perfect example, like I didn't realize until I was a let's say a sophomore in uh, undergrad, a sophomore in undergrad, like there was like this test that you had to take before you went into medical school, right? Like I, I remember just kind of walking into the career center and when, when you know, Miss Anderson, she asked, cause, uh, shout out to Miss Anderson at Florida State. Um, when she asked me like, oh, hey, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go to medical school. She's like, oh, have you been studying for like the MCAT? I'm like, what is that? Like, so, so just, to, just to give people an idea that it's not uncommon uh, for for people who want to pursue a goal, but because they don't have the mentorship there that they need to really be walking into, uh, you know, the the almost like I don't want to say the firing squad, but it kind of is, um, especially in, in our system where we don't like to talk, and 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 we'll talk about that later too, as far as how older physicians and people who've kind of been there, done that, don't really reach back enough to like say, hey, you know what. You're going to get in medical school and you're going to have to deal with some of these uh, these issues that you, you may not be ready for. So we, we just want to give you a heads up. I think apart from that, with my idea of the walk in the park, I think it's also the fact that TV shows don't do it justice either, like Grey's Anatomy. You think mm-hmm. it's so happy and it's fun 24-7, but it's really not like that. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy, Scrubs, ER, all of these. Yeah, trust me. Yeah. And it's so funny. My, my wife can't stand watching those types of shows with me because I'm like, oh, damn, I did that like that. Like, it's, a, it's like, <laughs> I just be mumbling under my breath and I'm like, oh, okay, all right, sure. That's how it goes. 
for for some of the stresses that you know the the typical medical student um, faces, right? And and then I ask, especially because uh, Ross Ross University is is an international medical school. Um, what was that experience like? Uh, not only going to medical school, but going to medical school in an entire different country. It was honestly a great experience, but I think I have a little bit of leeway because I was born in Jamaica and my family's from Jamaica. So it felt like I was, I was at home. Mm. I was in paradise. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then as I, I love it because when, when you hear of the international medical graduate, I, I know a lot of times they're saying, well, you're going to a medical school outside of the country, but like, it's because we're not even taking the fact like, well, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't actually born in a country who are also going to that school as well, too. So de- definitely I uh, love that aspect of it. Now, as as a medical student, um, wh- what were some of the stresses that you typically faced? Right. And, and just, your, you know, going from, you know, first year medical student all the way up to because you're, you're in your last year now. Correct. My biggest stressor would have been balance. I mean, while I was in high school and college, balance was a lot easier. But in medical school, you have to learn that people will not spoon feed you. You have to learn how to grow up and figure things out. And I had to learn how to balance my friends, my family, my social life, and of course, medicine. I believe that being a medical student or even a physician, it makes you realize that having just 24 hours in the day is not enough because everyone is pulling you in different directions and you're only one person. So you have to figure out how to break that up and split that up amongst everyone. And and what I love about that is I think sometimes, and and it happens a lot, especially when you're a medical student that, and I say, I always like use the term like life, like life be lifing, right? So, you you know, stuff is still happening, but you're in this almost like this cocoon of, of being in medical school and, having all of the pressures and responsibilities kind of placed upon you um, so that sometimes you can't even really enjoy the typical uh, experience uh, of someone who normally would, you know, as a 21, 22, 23, 24 year old uh, in that range, especially in your twenties. Right? I tell people I, my twenties were gone. I don't know what my, t- I don't, uh, my twenties were uh, highlighted by me studying. Um, and, and that just, that's just what it is. Um, when, when you decide to, you know, embark uh, on, on this journey. Uh, so, so I think for sure, I think as a medical student, you know, just kind of having those pressures, uh, not only the inside pressures that the school itself, you know, places on us, uh, but it's the outside pressures of friends and family and just life in general uh, that are still going on because unfortunately they don't, they don't pause uh, w- while you're in it. Now, would you say, especially with the, some of the stresses that you kind of had to face and some of the stresses that, you know, uh, medical students typically have to face, what would you say um, from from a preparation standpoint, what was the position of your school? Like how, like how, and the reason why I asked that is because when we were speaking with Dr. Nicole, um, she talked about the fact that as a physician, as an attending physician, the system's aren't in place for us to deal with physician burnout. So, so now that we bring it all the way back to the medical student, uh, I wonder what that situation is like as well, too. Like how, how well would you say you were, I guess, prepared uh, for some of the stresses that you had to face over um, your time in school? Uh, 
by by your school? Like, I believe my school realized that burnout was increasing amongst physicians as well as medical students. So the clinical student affairs at my school, they promote something that was called a self-care day. And with that designated day, students are able to focus from their clinical rotations as well as within the classroom. They're able to take that day off and they can work on their mental health, emotional health, and even physical health. So that's one way my school did it. Um, I know other schools love to incorporate therapy in which students are able to have maybe 30 to 45 minute sessions with a therapist and talk to them about what's bothering them and ways that they can plan to help improve burnout or whatever issues the student might be facing at that moment in time. And I love that, especially because it, it, it seems like it's coming coming from the top above where they're recognizing like, hey, um, you know, our students are, you know, being affected by, you know, the pressures of uh, of burnout. And and we and I talk about burnout a lot when we when we just kind of do this kind of just this general discussion. When, when when you when you when you say the self-care day and you're able to kind of decompress and you know, just kind of you know, get away from it. Um, how was that one day like for you? Was it was it a? Did you feel like it was enough? Do you feel like it was a start for things to come? Like how how would you kind of grade, uh, you know, the 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 actions of your school? I believe it was very beneficial because usually the it comes in at the right time. Usually the day before, I'm at the peak of my stress and just knowing that the following day. I can stay home, sleep in, and relax, or even just go to the gym. And I can just figure out ways how I can start my week or what I can do differently to help decrease my rate at which I'm burning out. Now, I got to ask, especially especially being in this stage um, of of a graduate medical education uh, director and really an attending in of itself, was there any... Was there was there ever any time where your attendings, right, either noticed or even worse, probably didn't notice, um, you know, some of the 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 burnout uh, associated symptoms in in medical in the medical students? Like, was there or was it something that essentially had to come from the top? Like Ross essentially had to say, like, hey, like, give these guys a day off because you guys overworking them. Like, what, what would you kind of say in, in, in that matter? I believe students spoke to Ross about it because sometimes attendance can be very oblivious because the fact that they have to deal with their own issues and what's going on with their patients. Sometimes medical students are overlooked, but luckily for me, my program at Ross University, they're able to identify the issues that we have. And whenever we speak, they listen. So I've been very fortunate to be a part of this institute that really cares about their students to help fix the problem that's on a rise. I love it, and 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 we've kind of we've kind of hedged that a lot. But when you when you hear the term like physician burnout, um, and understanding that you're a medical student, right? So you're in you know a few months is about to be a, the physician um, who who's kind of I guess walking into uh, you know the, this field where you know this this aspect of physician burning out is very real. Um, what do you think about it when you hear the term? I believe the term physician burnout, it's very synonymous to the word overworked. So when it happens, we don't perform our best. And when we can't perform our best, 
we're not able to treat patients to the best of our ability, which will increase the rate at which medical error occurs. I love it because, and, and I think you, you really hit it on the head um, because again, I, again, like I said, not, not that I have a problem with the term physician burnout, but I do think it's something that's masking uh, problems at hand. And sometimes I feel like, especially when you, when you kind of title it the phrase a physician burnout, um, you, you're putting the onus on the doc, right? But not putting the onus on all of the other factors that got the doctor to uh, that point. It's just like, oh, well, you know, Barry, Barry burnt out, right? Like that's, that's, that's all it is. It's like, oh, Barry burnt out. Uh, not realizing, well, Barry burnt out because the hours are too long. Barry burnt out because he couldn't take care of his patients the way he wanted to take care of his patients. Barry burnt out, right? Because the, the frustration of, you know, maybe not getting paid enough will, will continue to grow. Like, like the, all of these different reasons but it, when when you when you when it's titled physician burnout um all you hear is you know like physician is the onus and the physician is the responsible uh party uh, associated with it so I, I definitely for sure um love that definition because i think it's so true and you know it, it really you know kind of casts light on you know a, a system that again has seemed to now trickle down uh, and I'm not sure if it was purposeful or I'm not sure if it was just a cumulative effect, uh, but something that's kind of purpose all the way down to now, the fact that you could be in training and still kind of experiencing these, these symptoms of uh, burnout. Now, as, as a medical student, I ask, because um, you're a fourth year, you're about to be, you're about to be out of here. Um, but was there ever times... Uh, especially, especially in the midst, especially for the self care days and those things in that regards. Or there were times where you're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm feeling it right now. Like this is, like this this may be a little too much for me at the moment. Oh yeah, I believe that time for me was while I was studying for my board examination, specifically step two CK. And while I was studying for my boards, I was also working in the ICU. So as you already know, the hours are very long. And oh, yes. Oh, yes. Right. You said ICU. I said, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very long hours. So I had to balance trying to impress my attendant because as a medical student, you want to be on the forefront. You want to show that you know your stuff. Apart from impressing my attendant, I have to make sure I impress my residents whether that's just, I don't know, doing scut work for them or being around the patient 24-7, reporting back to them as soon as possible, I have to always be on my tiptoes to make sure that I'm viewed in a positive light. Because as a medical student, your residents are usually like, they, they, they advocate for you. So if you impress them, you can kind of work your way up. And while trying to do that, I had to also learn as much as I can in the ICU. Because the ICU is a whole nother world, a different ball game in medicine. And then when I left the hospital and I went home at about 8 or 9 p.m., I had to still pull out my book to study until about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning and then go out by 4, 4.45 a.m. to get to the hospital by 6 o'clock. And that cycle continued. And after a while, I started to feel myself burning out. And I couldn't really tell my resident or my attendant because as a medical student, we're not allowed to feel that way because we're not officially doctors yet. 
And while I was feeling burnout at that stage, I didn't even factor in the fact that I still had to eat. I still had to cook my meals for the week. I still had to go to the gym, do my laundry. But the whole, but with everything like that, it's very tough to talk to people about it. I mean, and and you missed probably the most important one. You still got to sleep, right? Like it's exactly uh, it's and and especially lunch learning community. I I really want you to kind of really pay attention to this story because it is not uh, an uncommon um, story. First of all, again, I'm an internist. I'm I'm a hospitalist. I take care of patients all day in a hospital. But I, I can 100% agree when, when April talks about the fact that uh, ICUs are just a different ball game, a different beast, uh, a different mindset that it takes to really take care of the sickest of the sickest patients. Um, I, I can 100% agree with that. And, and just this understanding, and she kind of touched on a couple of points where she talked about one, the hierarchy aspect of it where you have the attendings who are there, you have the residents who are there, and then you have the medical student who is there. And understanding that the, the, the work that you have to put in to impress not only the resident, but also the, the attending, um, on top of juggling the fact that this is, I'm, 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 I'm assuming this is your, that was your first time in ICU, right? Um, <laughs> uh, understanding that this is the, like, I'm having to learn on the fly, um, while impressing all of the people who are uh, above me, and because I'm a quote-unquote medical, I don't say quote-unquote, but because I'm a medical student, no one recognizes that I can also be burnt out. Um, is definitely a quandary uh, that a lot of our medical students, I realize, are facing um, in, in, in this aspect of tr- quote-unquote training. Uh, and, and, that's, and, that's, and, that, and that's, again, we shouldn't want to train our physicians to have to uh, deal with that level of burden or stress because trust me it ain't like that when you're in attending i could tell you wholeheartedly um just so you can see com- some type of you know uh light at the end of the tunnel uh, the, that level of work isn't there but it's a different type of stress that you're going to be walking into yeah you guys live the good life right right so <laughs> it's it's one of those things where you know I'm, I'm i'm becoming very keen now especially with physician burnout you know being uh, discussed on a more and more aspect of it understanding that yes i'm as physician because again I, I used to be naive i used to say well, when they talk about physician burnout it was you know people who've been in the game you know 10 15 years and they were just getting tired uh but then when i started walking around and, and i'm i'm at a i'm at a residency uh, let's see, five years now. So I'm five years out of residency. Um, and I'm seeing colleagues who are around my age uh, exhibiting and talking about like they're tired and done. Uh, so, so if you can be five years out of training uh, and already experiencing those symptoms, uh, definitely something, uh, you know, needs to, you know, occur and change. When, when you did the, when you were doing the ICU month, Right. And you you are recognizing like, hey, like I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. I'm not, you know, you're probably not talking to friends like I'm not doing the things I need to do to kind of take care of my own. Um, the support system that was there, can you talk a little bit about it? Is this where like the the, the self-care day really kind of came into play and really kind of helped you or what, what, what was happening during that time? I believe I've been very blessed to have a big support system, specifically my family. From the moment I told them I wanted to go to medical school, they've been there with me 
from day one, whether it's I, if I had a bad day, if I had a happy day. You know, for me, whenever I leave the hospital, the first set of people I call are actually my parents. We talk about my day. I try to replay how the day went. If it was good, they're happy. If it was bad, we talk about ways in which I could improve it tomorrow. And apart from talking to my parents, my fiance has been a great support system as well. Whenever I vent my frustration to him about what's going on in the hospital, he listens and he listens very closely and he helps me think about ways that I can help, I can de-stress, ways that I can improve myself for tomorrow. So in that way, I don't bring the load from the previous day to the next day. And it makes me feel 10 times better when I'm able to vent to my parents and my fiance about what happened. Oh, and what I love about that, especially because I want, I want to hit you with a follow-up question. Um, is, is your fiance in, in medicine or in the health fit or outside of it? It's funny you ask me that. A lot of people love to ask that. Nope, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the reason why I asked, especially because you talked about how understanding he was, is that sometimes, right, uh, a lot of our friends outside of our bubble don't like it, don't really comprehend right the level of stress that we're dealing with. Um, so I, I definitely want to say you're very fortunate uh, to have that person who can kind of understand like, hey, like nope, she's on ICU this month. Uh, yeah, I'm probably not gonna see her as much as I want this month. I'm not gonna make her feel guilty for not seeing her as much as I want this month. Like those types of things that can kind of build upon a relationship or, you know, hurt a relationship um, when there is that, that communication disconnect. And, and especially having that, the parents as well too, like I say, cause having someone to just kind of like say like, Oh my God, today was crazy. Um, and just be able to talk about it uh, is definitely something. Cause one, right. Um, you, you know, the field that we're in, right. We, our typical conversations, we just can't really have all willy nilly, right? No one's, unless, again, unless you're in the field, no one's going to really understand like, yeah, like I had to see like 40 patients today or yeah, I had to be in surgery for 10. Like they're, they're not going to really understand it, but if they're able to be, you know, sympathetic uh, to the the thoughts and, and your, your feelings, um, it, it really helps you. It really helps kind of leave the stress that you know is usually there when you walk into that building, wherever it's a clinic, whether it's a hospital, and but be able to go home and have that stress behind. Exactly. And that's why I think it's great that he's not in the medical field as well, because when I vent my frustration to him, I just vent and then that's that. I don't have to bring work home every single day. I love it. I love it. Now, as, especially as and we, we talked about just the system in general uh, of just our medical training. And again, I have I have some personal thoughts about just training and, and especially especially not only being, um, uh, you know, going through uh, the process of being a medical student and medical resident right now and attending, but also now being on the other side where I'm also training, um, you know, physicians uh, to, you know, be attendings as a program director, what do you think about just our system in general, right? Like, is this, is it our system that's really set up for people to burn out, right? And especially when we talk like all the way down to the medical student, like, is it just set up so that you know, people are going to burn out just because the way we do our things? 
I believe so because in this system with medicine, not all physicians, but a lot of physicians, medical students are taught by intimidation. And sometimes we're not allowed to feel tired Mm. or we're not allowed to know something. And if that happens, sometimes we can be scrutinized by physicians and the culture of medicine with that, you know, I hope it changes sooner than later. And students overwork themselves because you want to impress everyone. So we sacrifice our mental health, our emotional health, and even our physical health just to prove a point that we are good enough and that we are equal to everyone else. Ooh, I love that. I, I love that. And I can tell you that's going to be a quote somewhere. We're going to, we're going to, we're definitely going to throw that quote some up, uh, somewhere because it's such a, I love the word intimidation because it is such a word that unfortunately does not stop, right? Like it's, it's one of those things where I remember being a pre-med student and feeling like if I'm studying, you know, with this person next to me, this person may be able to take my spot in medical school, right? So I had to, I had to, you know, be fierce, be tougher to try to get that one last spot, right? Quote, unquote, last spot. Um, and then it's the feeling that does not change when you get to medical school, right? Where not only are you feeling the intimidation from your colleagues, right? And I always joke this because sometimes I I, be, I think some of, some, I, I, I always, I used to joke, especially in medical school, I used to think like, y'all realize that we're going to be colleagues, right? Like, I'm not your like enemy, like, you know, like it's, but it's, it's, they still bring those kind of same types of feelings. In, into that uh, that atmosphere, and then you walk into a system, especially for those who may know lunch learning community. What typically occurs, depending on the school, but it, some schools dif- differ, is that your first couple of years of medical school, you are essentially kind of doing a lot of the book work, kind of you know laying down the foundations uh, from a basic science aspect, and then your last couple of years, you're actually in in the the hospitals, in the clinics, in the wards, kind of seeing patient, direct patient care. Uh, on a more of a full-time basis, right? For those who don't know, who may not know in the lunchroom community. Um, but what happens is once you get into that, that those last, the latter years where you're a lot more direct patient care, and then you're having to deal with residents or medical attendings, right? Who were either brought up differently or brought up in a certain way um, and don't really know how to, you know, get their point across, right? Without making you feel like you're lesser, uh, this is a very, very common problem uh, for, for medical students. And again, uh, you talked about the pressures, um, not not only the pressures of board exams, right? But the, the pressures of, oh, if this if I don't perform and this resident doesn't like me, uh, they give me a bad grade and they tell the attendant to give me a bad grade. Like, and all of these things there that they have to perform on a day-to-day basis 24-7, right? And that's a pressure that uh, I, I always tell people like, most career most career professionals do not have to kind of deal with the pressure that the physician has to deal with. So just just even make that micro and think about the pressures that the medical student has to deal with and understanding like every single day they feel like they're being graded. And, and if one day, right, they're human, right? Because I think that sometimes gets lost. If if one day they're human, right, and aren't as enthusiastic um, as they were the day before yesterday, they can be docked points for it. And I think we, we, we definitely, I think especially when it comes to physician burnout, because I think a lot of times, a lot of times I tell people, when, when you have a physician who's burnt out, um, understand that they're not just going to flat out quit. Uh, they're going to keep working. They're going to keep seeing patients. 
They're not going to do it effectively, right? But they're going to keep on doing it. So when you when we talk about kind of like physician burnout and then what it can ultimately lead to, right? I think a very important topic and one that you know really I think probably should get much more fanfare than it is is just the aspect of you know the physicians even committing suicide, right? And and the fact that we don't have many people who are going into medicine as much as we did anymore, like this just this shortage that's around everywhere. Um, in, in that regards, right? Like, what, what do you think about just those aspects of uh, physician burnout, physician suicide, which is extremely high, as well as just the overall aspect that less people are going into medicine? Well, I believe in the rate at which physician suicide is occurring, it's definitely at an all-time high. But I think for these people, it kind of crosses the line of abuse. Reason being is because some people don't know how to de-stress. They don't know how to take what they're given, switch it up, and then find a way to relieve themselves. And that's because in the culture of medicine, we can't talk to each other because we're seen as if we're less than or we're not able to keep up with, with the rest of the crowd. So because of that, we keep everything bottled up until we can't take it anymore. And unfortunately, some people, they commit suicide because of that, because that's their way of getting away from all of the stress that they're dealing with within the workplace. Very, very poignant. And I, I think it's, I think you hit a home on another point, just, I mean, which again, is, is, is sad is that physicians, we don't really talk to each other like that um, for that fear. Right for that fear of uh, being seen as less capable, right to do, right. And again, if if you took off the the physician title, right. If you took the physician title away from us, and you know someone just told you like, hey, like I'm feeling down, I'm feeling bad about myself, uh, like I'm feeling depressed. If you, people would automatically know, like, okay, this is the type of steps you need to do. But people wouldn't say like, okay, you're less of a blink because of it. But for for some reason, when it comes to physicians and they feel that 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 aspect of burning out, right, that that automatically like goes to the top of their head, like ah, oh, people are gonna think I'm I'm less of a physician and I can't take care uh, of the patients like I used to be able to take care of uh, because of I, I'm actually acknowledging uh, this this the issues that I'm going through. You know, it's funny you say that because I believe as physicians. Sometimes we dub ourselves as being superhuman because even the burnout could just be from ourselves too, because we actually look at one another as if we're greater than thou. And we're not allowed to not know something. We're not allowed to feel tired because even sometimes the outside world, they don't see that, but we put it on ourselves. And maybe if we can change that where it's okay to not feel fine. It's okay to let loose a little bit. Maybe that can help our culture a little bit in the rate at which physician burnout occurs. Oh, amazing. Amazing. For, for the, the medical students, right? Because again, you're, you're almost out of there, right? But if you could look back and say like, hey, um, if you want to, and I, I hate to say avoid it because it sounds like the system that we're in is going to be very difficult to avoid it. But if you want to be able to kind of deal and kind of manage some of the the stressors and the symptoms of, you know, medical student burnout, because I think that's that's the term that we need to really call it. 
Um, what would what would what tips would you give? Right. To say, like, hey, if you could do this and if you could do that, that could help you in the long run. Well, I have a few tips for one is de-stress as much as possible. However, you want to de-stress. If it's going to the movies or reading a book, do what makes you happy. Secondly, I believe exercising is very important because as we all know, you'll have an increase in endorphins, which will make you very happy. And if you eat healthy, that can also change your health and it can also make you feel better about yourself. Funny story is I'm actually someone who loves burgers amongst other people. And after a while, when you keep eating that, you don't feel your best. But then whenever I change my diet and I incorporate more fruits and vegetables, it's amazing how much clarity I have, how it improves, how I feel much happier, and I'm able to focus more. So if we're able to just exercise and maintain a healthy diet, that can really help in the way that we react to burnout and how much we're able to tolerate before we get to that stage. Amazing, amazing tips. Uh, before I let you go, right, before I let you go, before we get you out of here, first of all, it has been absolutely amazing. And uh, your insight um, has definitely been something that I think is is needed, right? Because I, I think it's eye-opening, right? I think as we continue to really highlight, you know, this, 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 this phrase, physician burnout, um, I, I think we need to make sure that we don't, like, just start looking for problems once they become an attending and understand that a lot of these issues and a lot of the lack uh, of support for these issues are happening as early as the second we start um, being, you know, a medical student. Before I let you go, though, where t- tell us about, especially because you're a medical student, right? So I like to, I love to hear about your just your plans, right? Like what's what's about to happen? Where where are you trying to match? Like all give all that stuff there so we can make sure we're on the lookout for you. So currently, I'm applying for the 2020 match going through the hectic motion of getting my application done before September 15th. I'm, I know, a very big day. So I'm from Orlando, Florida. I hope to stay home, be with my family. But if I get matched anywhere else, I will happily take a position there. So I love all aspects of medicine. And as of right now, I'm loving internal medicine as well as general surgery. Okay. Oh, how how are you gonna? That's that's interesting because I, I I could tell you I'm an internist, right? But uh, you don't want me nowhere near the OR, and I realized that very quickly um, that you want me uh, nowhere near the OR because uh, I, I I just didn't have the mindset of a surgeon. I just knew it, right? And you know, one of the, one of the most important things that I tell anybody is just knowing yourself. Um, so you understanding that like, oh yeah, I like medicine, but that's not the type of medicine I like. I like to be in. So very interested that internal medicine or surgery uh, is still in the breadbasket for you. So um, as, as a, as a program director, I obviously, you know, I definitely want to wish you good luck on, uh, you know, this upcoming match. Uh, I hope you get to whatever the spot you're going to get. Like I said, it's very different. Like, so you don't internal and GM didn't surgery. So hope you get to wherever uh, you want to get to, but I want to thank you for, you know, stopping by the podcast and really helping educate the lunch and learn community uh, on all your endeavors. Um, for, from a social media standpoint, 
where can people find you, follow you, kind of, you know, kind of, you know, kind of track your journey if they wanted to track your journey? So you can follow me on Facebook at just my name, April Thompson. That's A P R Y L L E Thompson, or on Instagram at cheetah underscore med. So that's C H E E T A H underscore M E D. And you could also follow me on Twitter. I don't tweet as often as I should. <laughs> at April Thompson. I don't have Snapchat though. Sure, sure. Okay. All right. All right. Appreciate it. Remember, Let's Learn Community, we always put all of these uh, links in the show notes so you don't have to write anything down. Real quickly, we'll make sure it's in the show notes so you can just click and then go right uh, to April's page. Um, April, again, thank you for uh, you know joining the podcast today and um, you have an amazing day. Thank you for having me. You have a wonderful day as well. Thank you for getting to the end of the show. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, host of The Lunch Learner, Dr. Barry. And this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today. If you have not had a chance, please go ahead and subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening. If you already listen and you've already subscribed, make sure to leave me a five-star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is. And if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes, always head over to lunchlearnpod.com. That is lunchlearnpod, all in one word, dot com. And you can get the access to my show notes for every single episode, but especially the one you just listened to. And I'm going to see you guys next week. You guys be blessed. Bye.